Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Hey, I've got a really exciting one today. I'm I personally am excited at least. I'm going to do this a little bit different. Like this week I have talked uh, a fair amount about character. And I'm going to stay kind of on that track. Like I took a little bit of a reprieve yesterday. Uh it went into some language and stuff. But today uh I have been wrestling with this issue. See this week, Liz Cheney goes to Taiwan, and I've been hearing and reading about, you know, what's what's going on? Why is she doing this? It's causing this this social ruckus, right? This, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It could be a great thing, but I started wrestling with the idea of why is it such a story that somebody goes to have a conversation with somebody else? And I got to thinking, really, this is about motivation. It's about motives. It's about intention. And so I spent a little bit of time sort of going back, doing some research, breaking this down. And I have got a doozy for you today because we we will address intentionality and motives. And we're going to do it, obviously, as you know, from a clinical perspective. But today, where it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to take a position. Now, I'm not taking a position that is, uh, you know, political. Uh, I am taking a therapeutic position. And my therapeutic position is that intentions and motives, which are synonymous in today's context, they are essential. So what is uh, the definition of motives? It's something that causes a person to act, right? It's the catalyst. When we look at motives, we're looking at the catalyst, the thing that makes them go forward or backward or left or right or up or down. We're looking for that catalyst, that thing that says you must act, you must feel, you must think. And that is why it matters so much in part. I'm going to tell you a little bit of story. Then when I talk about motivation, which is, you know, when we're looking at the core of what makes a person go, we're looking at motivation, right? Their personal motivation. What motivates you? I teach a lesson about making a fire. You know, if we go to make a fire, now some of you out there are a little bit of uh, pyros, right? When you go camping, you, you really want to play with the fire, right? I'm talking to you today because if you know how to build a fire correctly, you know how to get motivated. All right. So this analogy goes like this. If you take some paper and you tear it up and you put it down in a little bit of a pile, and then you take some very small dry twigs or, you know, something else like the bark of a tree oftentimes, and we put it on top. And then we take some bigger twigs, or uh, maybe now we're adding some twigs, right? We build it up, and then we build it up, and then we build it up. And what we end up with at the end 
is at the top, we need something that's going to sustain it, like a log, something larger, right? We want to get a log to catch on fire. If we can get a log to catch on fire, then we can sustain the fire. Well, just like building a fire, there's different types of motivation, right? When we look for motives, there's fast burning fuels. Those are the paper, the small twigs, which are slightly slower, but still fast burning fuels. Like in in a more extreme situation, we might be like, well, I've got this uh, lighter fluid that I douse the paper on. So we get this big fire, right? Right away. But it burns so hot and so fast that if we don't have other longer lasting fuels on there, it burns out. It just burns up and burns out. And I say that because when we're looking at motives, there's different types of motives that a person can have. Liz Cheney had motives. Do I know what all of them were? No, I don't know what any of them were. This whole thing, what it created for me was a conversation about motives and intentionality. But I don't know what her motives or intentionality were. I'm not sure why she went to Taiwan. But it does matter. I'm telling you it matters. And I'm going to make a case for that. I would love some somebody out there to make a case that it doesn't matter. But I'm going to attempt to make that case negligible to absolutely a waste of your time. That's what I'm going to do today. So when we build that fire, we have to have different types of fuel. The faster burning ones get things going. The slower burning ones keep it going. So in our life, the way that works out in a social context, if I am, uh, or, or cultural context, if I am trying to make friends socially, like I, I have to be able to go out there and, and be bold. I can't be too passive. If I'm too passive, then I'm not going to have that initial and important interaction. Now, is that going to be all fireworks every time? No, but I have to have that courage to jump in there and do that first step. It's like putting paper out there. Okay. And then I have to have the skill set to sustain it. I have to have the motivation to sustain it, right? I have to have the ability to continually invest and invest and invest in those relationships. Culturally, same thing. Like we can just expound and expound on this. I read some articles and I want to, I want to bring them to your attention as part of my attempt to make my case. We know that certain things are predictable based on motives. One of those, and it's pretty significant, is student success. That's at high school, at college, it doesn't matter. Student success often depends on motives. People who are doing it for themselves, doing it for somebody else, doing it because they want to make lots of money, doing it because they think it's the right thing to do. All of these things matter. We can predict failure in academics based on motives as well. If we can predict success, we can predict failures. Now, it's not perfect, but we do pretty good. Motives change perception, our own and others. Over time, there, I read this whole article. It was a fantastic article, actually. But motives 
will actually, and it comes, it didn't directly say this, but in reading the article and understanding the concepts that were presented, confirmation bias, it totally came up. We have this desire as people to confirm our bias. And if our motives are selfish, then we will confirm the need to be selfish. If our motives are selfless, we will continue to to fill that hole with selflessness. Well, I had to be selfless. It was necessary. And that's really important. And that's another reason why motives matter. Motives can change over time. They can. We have seen over and over, I read a bunch of articles on this, over and over and over, that as we develop, oftentimes our motives change. Here, i give you a perfect example. When I was a young person, I played baseball. I wasn't bad, never like the most amazing player on the field, but I could play. I could handle my business. And over time, my motives to continue playing. So when I got to college and I played some ball, I started looking around going, but this is super fun in college, but what's next? What was next was some single A, double A ball. And that was going to be a bus ride in an old bus working out in a tiny little weight room, probably smells bad, like not super exciting. And my motives to play initially were, I really liked the game. Yes, that was a part of it. But then I really wanted to be on TV. I really wanted to make loads of money. I really wanted to wear a certain uniform. Hello, New York Mets. Okay. Sorry if that was too much over the top for you. Um, But my motives over time, they changed. They shifted. I started looking at it and saying, well, but if I do those things, then where's my family going to fit? Because most guys who play baseball at a professional level are not making tons and tons of money and they're spending loads of money because they're traveling all the time. And wow, like that's, that's not necessarily going to be as glamorous as I perceived it at one point, And my motives began to shift with new information, with new knowledge, with new experiences. And here's another thing that came up in the research. Kids will pick up motives and create intentionalities regardless of whether they are intentionally taught to do so. So there is some, somewhere in there, there's this natural tendency to uh, pick up reasons. And when I combine my research, knowing some of the research that I've done on the brain sciences with this research, I have a hypothesis. It's not proven. At least I couldn't find a good article that would connect these. But I believe over time, there's a good chance we may find this to be a reality. The brain has a prefrontal cortex. It's right behind your eyes, a little like around your forehead and that kind of area. And in that area, we, we have this portion of our brain that is nicknamed the meaning maker. 
we have a natural tendency to want to make meaning of anything and everything in our world. If we have this natural tendency to do that, I think that explains why kids will pick up motives and become intentional. It's because they're trying to make sense of things. We have to put some sort of narrative around it. We have to make some sort of sense of it that justifies why we hurt, why we find joy, why we experience sadness, why we cry, why we laugh, why we um, make mistakes. I mean, couldn't we just have a perfect life? We have to come up with reasons why these things have to exist. And we do. (laughs) We do it all the time. So that's kind of an outline of why I believe it's important. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take another step forward. Assume for a second that the ends do justify the means. Okay. What that says is that, hey, as long as we get to point B, when we start at point A, who cares? Who cares how we get there? As long as we get there, that's all that matters. I got three points I want to make there. In a situation like that, anything becomes fair game. Which means, point number two, morals and character are out. There is no point in having morals or character. Now, I've spent some of my time this week talking about morals and character. So, maybe the possibility exists that I am confirming my own bias. But let's keep going. Morals and character are out. Why? Because we got to get to that end point and that's all that really truly matters. And when we get there, just like in the sentence I started with, the ends justify the means. We then, at standing at point B, have to look back and say, yep, it was all worth it. Because we are going to justify, justify, justify. There's some inherently some issues in this, and I'm going to point to some of them. So... You went down the rabbit hole with me. The ends justifies the means. Anything becomes fair game. Morals and character are out. And justification is a required component. Why doesn't that work? One, I know I went into that brain science stuff. But it goes against our design. We are not designed to start with knowing and work back to understanding. We can start in a spot and look back and gain understanding, but we're not designed to know first and then understand second. That's not how it works. We gain understanding over time and experience and all that kind of stuff. So it goes against the design to start with point B and work back to point A in terms of justifying. It doesn't work like that. Number two, social structure depends on openness, not closedness. And justification is a closed-minded practice. 
if social structures require openness, we can't just justify our way to the destination. It doesn't work like that. If I want you to be my friend, and I probably do, I like making friends, then I have to start by being curious, not closed. I can't be like, well, um, I'm going to come up with all kinds of reasons why I don't want to talk to you. It doesn't work like that. I have to open the door and say, I'm curious about who you are first. And then the possibility exists that I might actually get to know you. It creates a social safety. So it's a required component. Therefore, social structure depends on openness and justification, which we mentioned as being required, is the problem. The third thing I want to point out is morals are the only thing keeping us from killing, stealing, and really heinous things. Things that we do see in our world with people who have lost their way. But let's put this in perspective. If I could get to point B by uh, raiding a, a, a town, stealing all of the things that they have, killing all of their people, and then saying, you know, hey, the ends justify the means. Why wouldn't I just do that? There'd be nothing holding me back. Well, some of you out there are probably going to go, well, yeah, but, you know, if you did that, then somebody else would probably come in and take it from you. And what is that? That's chaos. You know, that goes back to the Knights of the Round Table and, you know, the idea of might is right. If I'm stronger and I'm bigger, I can take it and it's mine. But instead, what we have decided because we are of moral character, we have uh, values uh, in, in our culture and society that keep us from doing those really heinous things, we have decided that might is for right. We use the police to protect those who can't protect themselves. We use uh, the military to protect us from things that we can't protect ourselves from. We use the muscle and the power, and we use our words the same way. Think about that one. That's a big deal. Think about that one. So today, I went down this little journey. It started with explaining what motives are. Hey, look, I, I think that you are all smart enough to distill this and decide, hey, did he make a good case or did he not make a good case? Here's what I want you to do. Take one side or the other and have a debate with somebody, somebody you trust, somebody who's safe, and see where it comes out. I, I'm telling you that because I can't give you all the answers. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong about all of this. I mean, obviously, I did a bunch of research, and so, you know, there's some things that I, you know, I, I'm stating as informed, but I could be wrong in my take that motives and intentionality matter. And remember where I started. I started with Liz Cheney going to Taiwan. Whenever somebody is unwilling to tell us their motives 
or intentions. For me, because of that social construct piece, that idea that it is such a critical component in social arenas, I immediately, immediately start to wonder what secrets, lies, and deceptions they might be putting in there. Look, we don't have to be an open book for every single thing in our life. We just don't. There are certain things that can be private. I've gone over this in other podcasts. But when somebody's intentionally not stating their motives, especially if they were directly asked, that's a problem for me. Because it goes against the social construct. And the social construct is there for safety reasons. And we get that naturally. Remember the argument that I I made. We get that naturally when we're kids. We start to develop the idea of motives and intentionality and understanding that way. So do what you want with this information. But let me tell you, it's a good topic to have a discussion on. Please go out there and have discussion on it. And while you're at it, download my other podcasts, listen to some of these other ones, and talk to people about this stuff. Interact with me, interact with other listeners, interact with people on social media, sit down and listen to my podcast with other people and have dialogue about it. That's the point of my podcast. I want to get people talking about things that matter. These things matter. Intentionality and motives matter. So go have a conversation. Let me know how it goes. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. 